Hello, everyone. Welcome to Minghui Radio, bringing you podcasts of stories relating to the persecution of Falun Gong in China, insights and experiences gained by practitioners during the course of their cultivation, special items of interest, and music composed and performed by Dafa practitioners. The following is an experience sharing article from the Nordic Fahwei entitled Young Practitioners' Cultivation Experience in Both China and Sweden by a Fallen Dafa Practitioner in Sweden. The article was published on the Minghui website on November 16, 2022. Greetings, Master. Greetings, fellow practitioners. I started practicing Fallen Dafa with my parents when I was five years old, and 25 years have passed since then. I would like to share a few experiences during the process in which I made some breakthroughs by looking within myself. Part 1. Cultivating on My Own I was born in China and obtained the fa in Beijing. When I was a child, my parents always took me with them to fa study and exercise practice. I did my best to follow the fa principles, be tolerant toward others at school, and never argue with people. I was a happy child to start with, and because of practicing Dafa, I felt even happier, always with a smile on my face. After the persecution started, in 1999, my family suffered severely. The police ransacked our home. My mom was forcibly taken to the local police station. My parents were locked in brainwashing centers. Although my whole family persevered and kept up with Fa study and doing the exercises, I didn't dare to tell my friends about it, and I was very scared that the police would take my parents away again. Under long-term pressure, I became introverted and didn't like talking much. I stopped trusting anyone around me and rarely smiled. I thought that my parents would always be by my side, helping me and encouraging me. However, all this changed in 2011. While I was studying in college, my parents were arrested again and given two years in forced labor camps. I was completely in shock when I received a call from the police. I didn't know what to do. I was studying in a place far away from home and there were no other Dafa practitioners around me. I had some friends, but I could not tell them about my grievances. I didn't dare to show the pain I was suffering, as I wasn't sure how they would react if they knew my parents were arrested for practicing Falun Gong. For a whole week, I was crying quietly in bed every night, and only dried my eyes in the morning to attend classes. However, I could not focus on studies as I kept thinking about how to cope with the sudden change of situation. With both of my parents detained, I worried about where to get the financial support I needed to continue my college studies. I asked myself, am I going to continue cultivating Indafa without my parents by my side? If I decide to continue, would I be afraid if I faced the same danger? I recalled my life experience since childhood. I used to be very weak 
but after I started practicing Falun Gong, I became healthy and never needed to take any medication. My father stopped drinking and smoking, and the acne on my mother's face disappeared. The more I thought about this, the more determined I was to continue with Dafa cultivation. I knew that each Dafa disciple's path was arranged by Master, and I just needed to walk mine. I felt good and warm as I was thinking this way, as if Master was right beside me. I knew Master was encouraging me. From that moment on, I became more attentive to use the Fa as my guide in dealing with the situations I faced. I overcame my fear and returned home to Beijing. I went to every detention center to look for my parents, and I also submitted phone numbers of the police involved to the Mingwei website. Looking within, I found I still had a strong attachment to my parents. For a long time, I felt as if I was cultivating for my parents. Now that my parents were taken away from me, I needed to become independent and cultivate on my own. I never clarified the truth to any of my classmates or teachers in the past, but now I needed to break through this. I contacted my good friends back in school and clarified the truth to them one by one. I told them about the persecution of my family and the benefits Dafa had brought us. I also encouraged them to quit the Chinese Communist Party and its related organizations. Soon, I experienced a test of karma elimination. I developed rashes all over my body, which were extremely itchy. There was hardly any good skin from my neck to my ankles. People urged me to go to the hospital for a checkup, but I knew it was a test. I wore long sleeve shirts to cover up the rashes. I continued with Fa study and doing the exercises while holding back the urge to scratch my skin. This lasted a whole month, and I passed the big test. One morning, while studying the Fa, I came across the following from teachings at the conference in the eastern U.S. Quote, In your cultivation, every one of you may encounter things that strike you at the core, and sometimes the feeling may even be quite strong. Some of those things may not directly manifest around you, on your body, or in the things you encounter. They might manifest in the things that other people go through or when others criticize you or during some other conflicts. All these will make you choose between studying Dafa or not studying Dafa or whether you want this Fa. What you choose will be looked at. Everyone will encounter these situations. Unquote. Also, quote, therefore, when you've encountered these things, it's testing you to see if you can continue to cultivate and if you can steadfastly cultivate in Dafa. This is most critical. Unquote. I knew this was a test to allow me to begin making my own choices to cultivate in Dafa and to let go of human sentiments toward my parents. It was a difficult test, but I made it. Master has been looking after me all along. 
while my parents were unlawfully detained in forced labor camps, I received a scholarship from my university. A year later, I had an opportunity to study in Sweden as an exchange student on full scholarship. That's when I had the opportunity to fulfill my responsibilities in Sweden, a country I have a deep connection with. Part 2. Cultivating in my work environment I came across a big test after I graduated and started working three years ago. On the first day, a colleague I was supposed to work with completely ignored me when I greeted her. It was really embarrassing. I thought she didn't like me. Then my supervisor asked her to help me get familiar with my job. Again, she didn't explain anything to me, and she just kept doing her own things. When I asked her questions, she shouted at me, telling me to figure it out myself. I was shocked and angry. How could there be such a rude person? As if things were not bad enough, when she needed to walk past me, she pushed me aside and yelled at me, telling me to get out of her way. I kept thinking, how was I going to cope with this? I tried to keep calm and not to get angry or get into an argument with her. The atmosphere in my work environment felt rather suppressive. My mind was a mess, and I didn't know how to cope with such a colleague. I tried to calm down to study the fa, but I couldn't stop thinking about how she yelled at me and the tone of her voice. She kept ordering me to do this and that without ever saying thank you. I didn't know how long I would be able to keep going. I felt I was already at the breaking point of my tolerance after only one week. Master said in the article, What is forbearance? Ren, from Essentials for Further Advancement. Quote, Forbearance is the key to improving one's shinsheng. To endure with anger, grievance, or tears is the forbearance of an everyday person who is attached to his concerns. To endure completely without anger or grievance is the forbearance of a cultivator. Unquote. The weekend came at last. I carefully reflected on what had transpired. I was trying to be tolerant as I didn't want to give people the impression that I was not cooperative. I felt I was being treated unfairly, though, but I didn't dare to confront her because I did not want to lose my dignity. I endured the grievances on the surface, but in my heart, I was arguing with her all the time and developed resentment toward her. I realized that I didn't truly meet the requirement of the forbearance of a cultivator. For the next few months, whenever I was working with her, I tried my best not to hold any negative thoughts about her, and I always checked within when conflicts arose. I tried my best to look inward unconditionally. At the same time, I treated her with respect and asked her if she needed any help without expecting her to treat me the same way. As I looked more deeply inward, my mind became even clearer. In fact, what made me upset earlier was only the way she talked to me. She never caused me any trouble as far as work was concerned. Why should I get upset by such 
trivial things. Half a year later, I found I was able to endure completely without anger or grievance. However, occasionally, I still felt a bit angry when she went over the top, thinking, why should I be grateful when you are so rude to me? I realized that after I let go of that layer of resentment, I would begin to feel annoyed with her again after a while. I made more effort to look within and let go of the next layer of bad things in me. I also realized that I had a thought of revenge from time to time. I should never have such mentality in treating others. So I let go of that bad thought and felt grateful for any help she gave me. I am truly grateful to this colleague now. Without her, I would not have realized so many attachments that I had. Half a year later, one day, when I was handing her something she needed, she suddenly smiled and said, Thank you. I was stunned for a second and said, You're welcome. We both laughed. That was the first time I saw my colleague laughing so happily. Since then, she's been very polite towards me. I was really surprised to see the change in her. Once, another colleague told me that this colleague had changed a lot since I came to work with her. In the past, nobody could handle her. Nowadays, the atmosphere at my workplace is much happier and more relaxed. Part 3. Making Breakthroughs when selling Shenyun souvenirs. Shenyun performed in two cities in Denmark this year, and I worked at the front desk to sell Shenyun souvenirs. I was always nervous talking to strangers, and I didn't think I could be a good salesperson. When the coordinator asked me if I would like to join the merchandise team, I was a bit hesitant for fear that I would not be able to do well. On the other hand, I wanted to do more to save people, so I decided to give it a go. I was really nervous on the first day. I was assigned to sell the most expensive silk scarves. I was worried that I would not be able to sell any of them. Very soon, two other team members had already started conversations with patrons, and one patron began purchasing something. There was an elderly lady standing in front of me. She looked indifferent. Even though I really wanted to talk to her, I felt I was frozen and couldn't utter a word. She kept walking, and another salesperson introduced the products to her. I felt really ashamed of myself, thinking I was doing very badly. I didn't sell anything before the show started. I reflected upon my behavior, hoping that I could do better during the intermission. In the past, I always felt fearful of talking to strangers and had always tried to keep away from projects that involved such face-to-face -face communication. This time, I really wanted to make a breakthrough and I would not step back. I thought that just being aware of my attachment to fear wasn't enough. Letting go of it was real cultivation. I was determined to face the challenge. Master said in the poem, Solid Cultivation from Hong Yin, quote, 
Examine each and every deed. Accomplishing is cultivating. Unquote. I said to myself, I will accomplish what I set out to do. I also realized that I had an attachment to comparing myself with others. When others sold products, but I didn't, I began to compare with others unwittingly. During the intermission, I was still standing where I was and feeling just as nervous. The elderly lady came again, still with an unfriendly look. When I noticed that she was looking at a pink silk scarf printed with the Monkey King eating peaches, I plucked up my courage and asked, Would you like to take a look at this scarf? I can help you. She didn't show any emotion, nor did she reply to my question. I spread open the scarf to show her. Even though she still didn't respond to me, I could see some sparkles in her eyes. It's a story you have just seen on stage, I continued. You see, the Monkey King is having a good time eating peaches in heaven. Would you like to buy the scarf, I asked her. She nodded her head slightly. I was really surprised that I sold a scarf so easily. I felt very happy and more confident. The sales work went more smoothly after that, and I was able to greet patrons and introduce products with warmth and confidence. During the process, I also found my attachments to zealotry and a sense of self-estrangement. I felt very happy when I sold a product or had enthusiastic patrons and felt a bit lost when the patrons appeared cold and uninterested. So I did my best to keep a calm mind and treated every patron warmly with kindness. When we started working at the Shenyuan Gift Booth in the Second City, I rectified my mind again. I no longer sought to sell more products, but fell in love with the products myself. Every piece was so beautiful. I showed them to the patrons with the same feeling as I have when I'm showing something that I love to my friends. Two gentlemen came and looked at the products. I overcame my nervousness and showed them some keychains for men. I showed them the two Chinese characters on both sides of the keychain. The word martial arts has the same pronunciation, wu, as the other word, dance, implying the origin of court dance from the martial arts performance. I added that martial arts is often used to defend the territory, while dance was for praying and celebrating harmony and peace. It was at the beginning of the Russian-Ukrainian war, and everyone was longing for world peace. The two men were impressed with the connotation behind the two Chinese characters and bought the keychains. I continued to explain to other patrons the stories behind Shenyun products. Many people were delighted and bought the products with joy. Two days went past quickly, and I could not even remember the fear I used to have when talking with strangers. My smile also became more natural. When packing the items for the patrons, I always checked them carefully before wrapping them up and handing them over with both hands, and I always sincerely wished they would enjoy the second half of the show. When we were packing up at the end, 
a fellow practitioner asked if I was a professional salesperson. I was really happy to hear that. It was an encouragement for me. Thank you, Master, for taking care of me all along. Thank you, fellow practitioners, for your understanding and encouragement. The following is an experience-sharing article entitled, My Family is Grateful for Falun Dafa, by a Falun Dafa practitioner in China. The article was published in the Mingwei website on January 3, 2024. The Cultural Revolution started when I was seven years old. Because my parents were intellectuals, they were arrested and paraded in public. Our entire family was traumatized. Our school was canceled. One day, the head of a Red Guard team saw my drawings on a blank page of Mao's Red Book. If my teacher hadn't protected me, I would have been denounced as an anti-revolutionary. I was anxious every day, and my mind became distorted. I gradually became cold and selfish and only cared about myself. I easily lost my temper, which caused my family a lot of problems. As I grew up, I slid down with the moral decay in China, and I believed that pursuing fame and material gain was the purpose of life. I sometimes felt this was wrong, but I didn't know a better way to live. I felt agonized and began looking for the purpose of life. I always liked to read. I read the books on Buddhism that my mother-in-law had because I always wondered why we were here. I always felt there were other dimensions. I found Falun Dafa's main book, Juan Falun, in 1995. I finished reading the book in one day and found the answers to my questions. I was shocked and I realized this was what I had been searching for. I began practicing Falun Dafa and I underwent great changes, both physically and mentally. Part 1 Dafa teaches me to be kind. I started to change and became a good person. My mother-in-law lived with us and she prevented my husband from doing household chores. I was not happy. She was addicted to mahjong and invited her children to come to my home and play mahjong on weekends and on public holidays. Sometimes they played mahjong until the early morning hours for two consecutive days. One weekend, they were still playing mahjong when I went to work on Monday morning. During the Chinese New Year, they played mahjong for five or six days in a row. I couldn't sleep, but I still had to cook for them. Sometimes there were seven people, and sometimes there were over a dozen people. They brought their children who were very noisy and messy. I couldn't help losing my temper and threw their toys into the rubbish bin. Nearly every Chinese New Year, something bad happened, and the entire family was unhappy. My mother-in-law always got sick after everyone left. She exclaimed that she was exhausted and would never play mahjong that hard again, but she still played hard the next time there was a family gathering. After I read Zhuan Falun, I knew I should have compassion. 
My mother-in-law was in her 70s and didn't like to be alone. She wanted to be surrounded by her children. I should treat her kindly. I no longer lost my temper and handled the situation calmly. I did all the household chores myself and did not complain. I gradually got along with my husband's family. The whole family was in harmony. My sister-in-law said, This year we are really in harmony. We never felt so happy. Falandafa is really wonderful. They were touched by the power of Falandafa. As time went on, my mother-in-law became unhappy with her other children. She said that they didn't care for her because they stopped coming over to play mahjong. She telephoned them, but everyone said they were busy and didn't have time. She knew they weren't busy, but they just made excuses. She gradually lost interest in playing mahjong. Because I no longer had to cook for the group, I had more time to study the fa. Because she believes in Buddhism, I read Duan Falun to her. She acknowledges that Falun Dafa is good and supports my practicing Falun Dafa. She reminds me to send forth righteous thoughts and praises me highly in front of my neighbors. She is very grateful to Falun Dafa. Part 2. My Family is Grateful to Falun Dafa My husband didn't believe in the existence of gods and made a joke about Master Lee's photo. As a result, he got bit by a hornet as soon as he walked outside. He quickly apologized to Master. He has been respectful of Master since then and supportive of my practice. Sometimes he picked me up from group fa study when it rained. He said loudly, Teacher Lee asked me to bring an umbrella for you. The other practitioners laughed. The 610 office and his company pressured him to force me to give up my belief. He said she doesn't listen to me. She tries to be a good person. I want to learn Falun Dafa, but I cannot, because I like to smoke, drink, gamble, and chase after women. I'm not a good person, so I cannot practice Falun Dafa. Those officials looked awkward when they heard what he said. I was held in a forced labor camp for practicing Falun Gong. My husband went to the labor camp and shouted out the names of the director and team leaders and said, You come out here and listen. Whoever dares to touch my wife, I will not leave your family in peace. The guards were frightened and ran inside. They looked at him through the windows. I later asked him if he was afraid. He said, no, I was not afraid because I knew Master was protecting me. The forced labor camp reported him to our local police station, but he returned home safely thanks to Master's protection. He made great achievements at work. He told people that he benefited from Falun Dafa. My husband's sister looked after her mother and my child and did all the household chores for my husband while I was incarcerated in the forced labor camp. She also protected some of my Dafa books and told her friends that Falun Dafa was good and was wrongly persecuted. She often told me that she was blessed by Falun Dafa. One day, while I was putting the truth-clarifying materials into bags, my sister-in-law helped me and said that she wanted to accumulate some virtue. My husband's younger sister always said that Falun Dafa is definitely good. 
she supports me as well. My family members were not allowed to see me while I was detained. They tried every possible way to see me. None of them ever tried to persuade me to give up my belief. They helped me financially. They are very thankful to Falun Dafa because they said they benefited from Falun Dafa. Falun Dafa practitioners have never given in despite the severity of the persecution. Master pulled us from the abyss of hell, purified us, and bore the sins we committed in our many lifetimes. He leads us in the brightest path. We are very grateful to Master. Thank you for listening to the Minghui Radio Podcast. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience-sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org.